Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. I've got a great show for you tonight. Lisa Broderick with us, author of All the Time in the World, earned a BA from Stanford University, MBA from Duke. She's a transcendental meditation siddha, which means an accomplished one, attended the Monroe Institute for the Exploration of Expanded States of Consciousness and studied imagery and dream reading at the American Institute for Mental Imagery with author and teacher of Western spirituality, Dr. Gerald Epstein, for 15 years. She currently runs a business consultancy based in New York City that helps socially conscious entrepreneurs manifest their creativity and energy. Lisa, welcome to the program. I'm looking forward to this tonight. George, thanks so much for having me. How are things in the Big Apple? Because uh, I'm not in the Big Apple tonight. I happen to be near California in Lake Tahoe. Oh, you're way on the other side. <laughs> well, that's good. All the time in the world. This is an interesting book. Well, I hope so. I wanted help to help people figure out time and use it in better ways in their lives so they're not slaves to time, as we all have been. And when you say slaves to time, what do you mean by that? Well, think about it. Really, before the pandemic, uh, I think it was a badge of honor to be busy. Busy, busy. How busy you were made you important, especially in a place like New York. Then everything stopped. And I think that people lost their relationship to their schedules and time. And now a lot of people are hopeless, are, are overwhelmed, are bummed out and unhappy. And I think what we can do is we can understand time better. If we master time, we can master ourselves and our own lives. That's what I wanted to do. We're going to talk about some different categories with you tonight, including time, time travel, ETs, near-death experiences, and out-of-body experiences too. But so many people have always talked about how time seems to be going so fast. You know, logistically, it's not going fast, but it's our perception. What does that mean to people? When I was thinking about time, and I've had many experiences of what people would call flow in the zone, right? Where you get into a place where time doesn't pass as normal. It happens to athletes a lot. I started to think that time, there had to be a physical component to time, because one way to explain time is that time exists because things move around. If nothing moves, there's no time. That's one theory. So there's a physical component to time, but there has to be a perception component. Because if I meditate, and I'm a meditator, as you mentioned, I can be meditating and think I'm meditating for 20 minutes and an hour would have gone by. Where was I? And so I figured that if we could master the perception part of the equation, that time is one part physical and one, t- one part perception, we could control our experience of time. And that is what the book is about. And what really makes time go by fast is when you look back to years that you were thinking about things. <laughs> That's right. That's, where did it go? Wow. Well, there's a reason for that. There's a lot of different theories. One thing I would say, you know, I, you seem to be interested in exploring the, uh, the mysteries of the universe. Love them. I am too. Time is the biggest problem in physics. We'll just say that. Yep. And so understanding time and what it is, nobody knows what time is. We think about it as part of our experience, as part of our perception. But really, time passes and we experience things because we move around. Also, things grow, age, and die. So we observe that. But all we're doing is observing the product of time passing. We don't understand what time is. But if we can perceive it and slow down our perception then we can control time for ourselves. 
I've got some physicists who've been on the program, Lisa, over the years who have been talking about the Big Bang Theory, and nobody can really explain it to me the proper way on how it started and what it meant. But some of them say it's also when time started. Now that I find very difficult to comprehend. <laughs> there are a lot of mind-bending concepts like multiverse and the block universe theory and the, the chronology protection theory. If you went back and killed your parents, would you still be here today? The whole thing is a mind-bender. What we can do is apply it to our lives, and we can actually slow down time. And we can explain some of the things that I know that fascinate you, that you mentioned, ETs, ghosts, NDEs, OBEs, all of these things might be able to be explained by time. Does time travel fit into all this, too? I think it does. How so? Well, so think about time travel. Time travel exists in physics as a theory, and, of course, a very famous physicist, Einstein, the Einstein-Rosen bridge was a theory of time travel. And what it was was the ability to connect a wormhole, which exists, again, that's the Einstein-Rosen bridge, where if one mouth of the wormhole were moving in space, then you could theoretically go in one mouth of the wormhole and come out the other mouth of the wormhole in a different time. Now, it's just theoretical. But these things exist in science. They exist as the, the equations that govern the universe. Why don't they exist in our everyday lives? I think the answer is we just don't understand how they do yet. Will we ever? Oh, I think we will, absolutely. Think how much we didn't understand when we thought the world was flat. And we thought that uh, there weren't other worlds. And we thought that we couldn't go into space or even down at the bottom of the sea. All of this, I believe, is a measurement problem. Think about it. How close, Lisa, did somebody like Einstein get to having the answers to these questions? Well, he, you know, although his Einstein-Rosen bridge theoretically supposed that time travel was possible, apparently he didn't personally believe it, but it did prove out in the mathematics, he also did say that time is an illusion. And so he himself, of course, the father of relativity, thought that time was an illusion. I think that time really is an illusion for our everyday lives, and in the book are many stories of slowed down time, which are valid. These are valid experiences that, experiences that people have, and they have them all the time. Can we slow down time in order to experience life a little longer? <laughs> I think that's a matter of perception, but there is a formula. Time is one part physical, right, where things do grow, age, and, de and decay, and then die, but one part perception. How we show up in the moment, that's what fascinated me. So in quantum physics, there's the theory, of course, of collapse of the wave function. So when, when a particle, a light wave is being observed by an observer, it collapses into a particle, essentially into matter. So there's a physical component to it, but it's also being observed, and that perception is a human. It's an observer. We must be part of the equation for how matter is constructed, compiled, created, and how time passes. That's my theory. Why is there, Lisa, this perception that time really goes really too fast, though? I mean, here's an example. <laughs> I'm going into my 18th year this year doing Coast to Coast. Uh, you know, when, I, when I'm done with it, uh, December 31st, I start my 19th year. I mean, it seems like it was just yesterday to me. I, well, I can't fathom the fact that 18 years have gone by already. <sighs> 
there's a theory for that, which doesn't have so much to do with time, but actually how the brain processes memories. And so when you're young and your brain is agile, you take a lot of pictures, right? You have a lot of memories, and summers seem to last forever, and childhood is forever. And then as your brain sort of grows and wanes, like the, the second law of thermodynamics, things growing and aging and decaying, your brain, it's a theory, your brain takes fewer pictures. Fewer pictures means time passes more quickly for you later in life. It's a theory that, that is, has a lot of validity, and it's our, about our perception of time as we age. I was going to say, is it not true that the older you get, the quicker time seems to go by? And I think that's the reason. Your, your, your brain is taking fewer pictures. But that doesn't have to do with actual time. That doesn't have to do with things like time travel. That has to do with only the perception part. But true time, as it passes, is one part physical, because things are moving around, and one part physical, because we're part of the equation. Let's change the part of the equation we can change. I was talking to my mother a couple of days ago, Lisa. She's going to be 93 in May. And she was telling me, you know, it, she said, Georgie, it just, that's what she calls me, by the way. She said, it just seems like you were bouncing on my knee as a little baby. And now I'm going to be 93 years old. And uh, she's having a difficult time trying to comprehend what happened to time, too. Yeah. Well, you know, we have our memories. That is one aspect. That's our perception. We have physical time, things growing and aging and decaying is the law of thermodynamics. What fascinated me, though, is that the equations that govern the universe run just as well in the forward direction as in the backward direction. Now, that's a, that's a principle of science. So governing the universe is that time goes either way, either way forward or backward, equally well. Now, we observe things growing and aging and dying. Is it possible that something which, which would be subject to entropy, meaning growing, aging, and dying, could go in the other direction? Yeah, it's possible. It's just highly unlikely. It uh, reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode where you could just stop time by stopping the clock or something like that. Well, you know, in the book are stories like that, and they are more common than you would think. Mostly they occur when instances of danger. That's what I started to notice. So when I was a little girl, I had an accident, and in the ac- after the accident, I perceived time differently somehow. I've, I felt like I had a superpower, and I would be doing things that a little girl would be doing, but the field would slow down, the track and field. And I would do things, in the, in the book is a story about bowling, where I was bowling in the zone at the age of eight, and everything was in slow motion, so I kept bowling strikes. These are very common experiences. And what I wanted to know was if it's simply a perception issue, if it's simply your brain taking fewer pictures, then why are people able to move out of the way of danger in slow motion as they are? And the stories in the book abound about people doing that in car crashes, in other instances in their life. That means there's something else going on here. It means that time is not what we think. You've got a lot of people who have written rave reviews about your book all the time in the world. Jack Canfield's been on our show Bruce Lipton has been on our program, Roger Nelson. You've got a lot of heavy hitters who think the world of what you're doing. Well, you know, they're wonderful, and I'm so grateful that they would, that they would pay attention to this issue. Something, time is something that we take for granted and we know so little about. It governs our lives, and we know almost nothing about it. And why is that? Probably because it's a difficult issue. We take it for granted. It passes. We accept that things grow, age, and die. What if we have more control over that? And in fact... An area that you're interested in, the area of ETs and time travel, that could be explained by explaining time better. And if we can explain that, we could go a lot more 
places than we can right now as humans. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.